Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. Good morning, church. Welcome to St. Mary's United Church of Christ. I am so glad to be here with you and to lead and share worship on this fourth Sunday after Easter. I bring you greetings from the Catoctin Association Council, of which I am a member. As the chairperson of association services, it is my responsibility to register people for the spring and fall meeting and for ecclesiastical councils. I am the one who makes sure that we have a quorum so we can do the work of the association and the church. I want to say thank you for allowing your pastor to serve as president of the Catoctin Association Council. Pastor Sam brings great leadership skills and energy and creativity to our group. I want to also say thank you for allowing Reverend Chamlin the time away to take the confirmands on a retreat to West Virginia this weekend. I pray that all goes well, despite the rain, and that they have a spiritually powerful weekend. I've kind of known about this, and that is when Sam asked me. Finally, I do want to make an announcement that the 36 churches of our Catoctin Association will be hosting the Central Atlantic Conference annual meeting on October 13th and 14th at Frederick Evangelical Reformed United Church of Christ in Frederick, Maryland. We're really excited about this opportunity. It has been five years since we have served as host for this event. And you will be hearing more details about this as we get closer to the time. Would you pray with me? Loving God, open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, and our hearts and our minds that we might more fully understand. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Yes, the event is still on. So put on your raincoat and boots and bring an umbrella and come and have a good time. Next weekend, May 6th and 7th, 
is the 50th annual Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival at the Harrod County Fairgrounds. And it is probably going to rain again according to the weather forecast. This annual event features exhibits and displays. There are workshops, activities, vendors, contests. Of course, there's food and lots and lots of sheep. And it happens around Good Shepherd Sunday, which is always the fourth Sunday after Easter, every single year. Today's lectionary texts from John and Psalms are based on the image of God and Jesus as a good shepherd. It was a great image in Jesus' day, and it can be a meaningful one today if we know a little bit about shepherds and sheep. However, in our modern urban world, some may be thinking that we're actually talking about a large, sometimes fierce dog, rather than a person who cares for sheep. The 23rd Psalm, sometimes called the Divine Shepherd or Shepherd Psalm, is one of the most well-known and best-loved of all the Psalms. It is mostly recited when our hearts are weighed down in grief and we are at a loss for words that we might say. Sometimes labeled as a friendship psalm, the six simple verses can remind us of God's grace, God's hope, God's abundance, and faith. When St. Paul's United Church of Christ in Westminster, which is my home church, went into that COVID pandemic lockdown, we worshiped at home on Zoom. Our pastor asked us, Pastor Marty said, what should our worship liturgy look like? And one member mentioned he thought we should recite the 23rd Psalm together. Now that we are back in our sanctuary, we continue to include Psalm 23 as part of our worship service every Sunday. This Psalm has brought our faith community comfort and peace. The 23rd Psalm was written by David, who himself was a shepherd boy, watching his father's flocks in the hills around Bethlehem. Later, David became the king of Israel. Now, the 23rd Psalm is based on the care that a shepherd must provide for totally defenseless sheep in a hostile environment. Not only must they be protected from wild animals, but they must be rescued from problems that they get into, but they can't get out. 
Do I have any shepherds in the room that can testify to this at all? Any shepherds? For example, sheep can be tangled in thorn bushes or lost from the flock. Sheep have been described as soft and cuddly and dainty. And when they say, bah, they stick their little tongues out and they look so, so cute. But sheep are not very smart. Sheep can't always find their way back to the barn. If one sheep starts to run for fun, all the other sheep panic and they start running for fear. Sheep can be very easily confused and lost and be stubborn and as my dad says, ornery and a little mean. When they wade into fast moving stream to drink, their wool can get so heavily soaked that they will lose their footing they'll fall and drown. And it is the shepherd's job to protect the sheep from attacking animals, to keep them together in safe pastures, and to find that still shallow water so they can drink safely. Good shepherds will risk their lives for their sheep. As Easter people, we know that God and Jesus does the same for us. Psalm 23 is a song of trust. It is about the relationship between God and God's people. We can trust God for the essentials of life. God nourishes us spiritually and emotionally. Once we experience the Good Shepherd and his unfailing love, then it stands to reason that we will want to be more like him. So let me ask you two questions. So who is God calling you to love. Where is God leading you right now? In the gospel, according to John, and John is an apostle and one of the 12 original disciples of Christ, we are told that Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. When we want to understand the John scripture, we really need to know a little bit more about shepherds and sheep. In Bible times, there was a practice called sheepfold. At night, flocks of sheep were kept in pens made of rocks and branches with thorns, 
and that was just outside the city. As the sheep went to the pen, the shepherd would count them to see if any of them were missing. The shepherd would sleep in the only doorway to the pen. If any wild animals came near, the shepherd was there to protect the sheep. Shepherds often kept the sheep of their village in just one fold or fenced yard. When it was time to separate the flocks, all of the shepherds would call their sheep, each using a unique call. The sheep of each flock would recognize their shepherd's call and they would leave the sheepfold only with that shepherd. The shepherds walked ahead, calling the sheep to follow, and only a familiar voice could make them come. The gospel lesson from John 10, verses 22 through 30, which is just a little farther back in the chapter, speaks of a time when Jesus was in Jerusalem. He was at the temple. Only in John's account does Jesus visit the temple before the last week of his life. Now in this passage, some of the religious leaders wanted Jesus to be clear, very clear, as to whether he is or he is not the Messiah. And Jesus replies to them that those who believe, they know. And those who hear his voice are his sheep. Jesus declares that he and the Father God are one. And those who are his sheep have inherited eternal life because they believe. The gospel states that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. It is a voice of promise, a voice that calls us by name and claims us as God's own. So how do we discern the shepherd's voice midst all the other voices that clamor for our attention? So here's some thoughts that I have. First, we need to listen and listen with both ears to listen to the still speaking God. Have you ever heard someone say that they're going to the mountains on Sunday for worship rather than coming to the sanctuary? When we are around nature, we tend to hear and to feel the shepherd's voice. Worshiping and reading scripture in our own faith community and in others can help us hear the shepherd's voice too. Prayer and devotions, whether with a group 
or by yourselves can bring us a closer relationship with the shepherd doing mission and ministry in our community, being more Christ-like in the world can allow us to hear the shepherd and to help care for his sheep. And let's not forget about praise. And I'm looking at my organist right now. We sing our theology and our good news too. One of my favorite hymns for an ordination worship service is, Lord, you have come to the lake shore. With the chorus echoing, O oh Lord, with my eyes you have searched me, and while smiling have spoken my name. Now my boat's left on the shoreline behind me. By your side I will seek other seas. And you can find that in your chalice hymnal on page 342. Then there is the summons, which is a more contemporary hymn written by John Bell, who asked the question really more directly. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? So I want to conclude with a little story. There was a dramatist of a century earlier, and he traveled to America from coast to coast. He had studied theater and was a very skilled speaker. He always concluded each performance by quoting a passage from the Bible. And so on this one evening, he chose the 23rd Psalm to recite. The audience had never heard the Psalm read so eloquently. Each phrase was couched with perfect intonation and nuance. And when he finished, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The audience, they jumped to their feet and gave him a standing ovation. They had never heard the psalm read so skillfully. And while the audience was applauding, an old man at the back, unnoticed, shuffled to the front. And he walked on stage with the dramatist. Mind if I say the 23rd? Taken aback, the dramatist said, no, go ahead. The old man's voice cracked as he began, the Lord is my shepherd. His words were choppy and uneven. I shall not want. He went on through to the end 
And then he turned to go shuffle off the stage. But when he had finished, there were no sounds of applause, no ovations. Instead, there was this definite silence throughout the vast auditorium. Then there was a sniffling and bowed heads. The dramatist looked out to see some people with bowed heads and others with moist eyes. And then the dramatist asked, how did you do that? How did you do that? You didn't recite the psalm as well as I did. Yet I have never seen an audience that's been so moved by your words. How did you do that? And then the old man said, Son, you know the psalm, but I, I know the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd?